0: Right, welcome to now. This is podcasting. I'm your host Connor, and I have my co-host Jaden, yeah. and former guest Calvin. Uh, it's good to be back. All right, we are continuing our tour series on Denis New with a, another film that came out in 2016,
1: Arrival. It's funny because I feel like we're watching Stranger Things.
0: Yeah, I think love. it's kind of a cool like yeah sci-fi oh, vibe wow, to it. Wow, wow, hey, wow. It is a little eighties, right? I love Cynthia. I do love picking out the music for these things. It's almost, <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> it's almost as much fun as picking out the movies. Oh. Yeah, unfortunately, actually, my opinions on this movie have changed since the last time I watched it. Uh, <laughs> Might have not. I still uh, But anyway, so like I said, this is directed by Denis Villeneuve. Um, it had a budget of $47 million, and it had a box office of $203 million, which is, this is, at least so far, in his filmography of English-speaking films, this is his uh, most lucrative well, I really doubt his non-English speaking films
1: came to He me just dearly.
2: doesn't know the stats on it, so I'm, he's not yeah, going to say me, it. Yeah, all right? me, yeah,
0: I'm just, uh, for posterity's sake, like, <laughs> I just don't want to throw out stats that I don't know about. Yeah, don't so.
1: worry, they're not, they're not close.
0: <laughs> so, uh, a big thing about this film is it's based off of a Ted Chiang sh- uh, short story called Story of Your Life. And uh, he is probably my favorite author. I think I put Calvin onto him. I made him read the short story, too. Um it it Story of Your Life is like one of my all time favorite short stories. It's just one of my favorite stories in general. And so when I found out, uh I actually knew that the movie Arrival was coming out and like I said, this is a director I was really interested in, and so I did research on him and I found out about this film and uh that it was based on the short story, and so I read the short story first, and of course it ruined the film for me because I knew the source material, not this plan. Uh <laughs> but yeah, no, this is this is uh it's a unique adaptation of it, I guess I'll say. Uh, it takes components of it and I think it leaves out some of the best parts of it, but it's oh absolutely it's a it's a very the short story is a very interesting premise and this is not a review of the short story, although I think everyone should go and read it. Um, it's kind of interesting I, I think I have it on an audiobook and it takes like maybe an hour 45 minutes to get through.
1: It's only like 30
0: pages yeah. Which is funny because the it's like pretty similar to the runtime of the film. So it's like you yeah. could have you could have probably literally translated this to film and it would have actually worked. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is kind of one of the gripes maybe I have with this. But I'm going to do my best to uh, put my view of the uh, short story aside and just kind of assess this film on its own merit. Uh, but again, I think everyone should read that. And Ted Chang is an amazing author and uh, I think he has a lot of interesting ideas. So, just first impressions on this film. Uh, Jaden, what do you think of this one?
2: Um, so, this is not a movie that I would potentially pick to watch um, on my own. But you showed me this movie, I think, earlier this year or last year. And,
0: and I probably raved about it, right? You were,
2: like, ecstatic about how good this movie was. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'll probably think it's boring. And this is before we started podcasting. And then I was like, man, this movie's actually pretty freaking dope. And I still have that opinion. I've watched it a couple times this week. Um, I like this movie a lot. Um, I like the score in it a lot. Maybe not the biggest fan of the acting in it, but I do, I am a big fan of this movie. Yeah. And so, besides, I do, I have read the short story
1: now, but I did come into this film not knowing about the short story. So, I was excited to see this uh, when it came out in 2016 in theaters because I love sci fi. I love big questions and big feels. And so, I was excited to see this. But I left feeling a little disappointed because it brings up the possibility of deep philosophical discussion, but. They're the really empty narrative devices, which is compounded by the fact that the characters and the script are also very empty. So, I mean, it's, it's really just the music and uh, Villanova's cin- cinematography. Like that's, those are the highlights. They're, they're basically everything that this film
0: is. It's not, it's, the story is like not that great to me. Yeah. Um, I thought that this is a really compelling film with thought-provoking uh, questions built into it, and it's completely overrun and uh, devoured by this screenwriter's desire to put fake tension in this film and <sighs> and uh, it, it put in uh, this really overbearing sense of fear-mongering within it. And and, and like I, I told Jaden, it's like a, probably a year or two ago, I was raving about this film. I love this movie. And then upon re-watching it for this podcast, I was like, I was like, wow, I I have a lot of problems with the script, which I think usually I don't have a lot of problems with scripts, I think. I think usually it comes down to, like, can the filmmaker translate what is in the script well? And maybe that's where most of the problems come out. But this is, like, I genuinely think that this is just not a very well-written film. And I think uh, a lot of the uh, characters get added in that are really predictable. And they, like I said, they bring out this sense of fear-mongering, which I, I just, I wish was... Taken out of the film because I think there's a lot more. um, I think there's a lot more substance to this story that could have been there, and it gets overshadowed or completely just run out of the film by adding in this kind of like stereotypical, like, oh, we're America and we have to be on our toes and we have to, we have to watch what China's doing. Yeah, we have to be focused on all this. On this, like, there's all this like fake news kind of within it, and I don't know. It's, it's a very compelling premise that just gets completely overshadowed by I stuff that doesn't matter. Like I think yeah. I think you could have had a really interesting story that is just like one note.
2: Yeah. One note I have about this is like pretty much the only antagonist of this film is fear itself. Yeah. Like that just ruins so many things that are going on yeah. in it.
0: I, I, I yeah. I'm I'm actually I'm kind of frustrated with myself because I think one of the reasons I really wanted to do this series with you guys is because of I had this like real big love for arrival. And I think that 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 got intertangled with my uh, love for the short story, and upon kind of reviewing this film and kind of maybe going at it with a more critical eye, because like Calvin, I just really love sci-fi, and I just love the premise of this story, and I think I just got so caught up in the short story, and kind of, again, the look of this film is amazing. I think that's the saving grace of this film, is just the, the way it looks and the sound that accompanies it. Uh, but I'm actually like kind of annoyed with myself that I was like, "Yeah, you guys have to watch this; it's so good." And now I watch. I'm like, "Oh man, I don't even know that I I don't even know that I like this film anymore."
2: I still do. Because yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: I think, and
1: I think it, you can see that. Like, Denis actually talks about how he was not, uh, due to his scheduling, uh, uh, he couldn't actually work with the scriptwriter on adapting the script. Um, it is pretty much just the scriptwriter. All of the lines and the dialogue are are from the script, and he had he wasn't able to create the characters like like he normally does like right. i mean the characters are are crazy to me to think about, like, in in um, when we compare everything else that he made, going back all the way even to uh, Polytechnic and Incendie's, like, Enemy is amazing, Prisoners is amazing, even Sicario isn't amazing, but its characters are absolutely real. They, they feel so much, but, like, yeah
0: even in our review of Sicario, we talked about how Benicio del Toro even kind of went out of his way to kind of discuss and change the character, and Denis Villeneuve and him worked on making that character fit the film better. I don't think any of the characters really make sense in this film at all. No, especially Jeremy Renner. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, I feel like it would have been better if they had like real people carrying around cardboard cutouts. You know, because like, then we would know that they're fake, like, or if they were like, <laughs> like, like making like, like, a, like it was like a baking show, like they're making like science fiction character cookies. And like, oh, now we're going to start with a slab of styrofoam and then just slather that with whatever, whatever the fuck hydrogenated oil is it smells like plastic. So it's perfect. Yeah. It's just like completely manufactured.
0: Yeah, it it is unfortunate because I think, <laughs> especially I've talked about how I think Denis knew, especially when he does like his genre film, he seems to elevate that above what it, it really is like whatever the source material, the script, uh, the script, he seems to elevate it above that. This is the film where I, I don't think, and I didn't know anything about kind of scheduling or anything like that, uh, but that makes sense to me that this film probably didn't get elevated because he didn't really get to have as, maybe as much a hand in it as maybe he did in his other films. Mm-hmm. Because this was, it's filmed. I mean, it's filmed a year later because uh, 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 Sicario came out in 2015. This came out in 2016. So it's a quick turnaround.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But
0: yeah and so i would say that it's
1: it's not so much that he raises elevate something like from its source material what he does is he, he he knows exactly what he's going for he he make he knows what the point is of whatever he's making and makes everything about that point he doesn't he doesn't bog everything down with unnecessary uh symbols that may or may not work or themes that may or may not fit in he strips everything down to its bare necessity and that's why sicario works as well as it does is because is it's that a blue
0: reference you just had just then the bear necessities. <laughs> I mean, when you're so deep
1: in film, like all of it just like springs from the collective unconscious, I like and I don't even know.
0: Sometimes you like to you like to bring Carl Jung into it. Sometimes you like to bring in other like kind of psychological factors. But today you chose to bring Baloo into yeah, this, and yeah, that's I well, that. that's
1: how the collective unconscious works, man. But <laughs> like, Baloo is like, the
0: cat.
2: No, he's the I'm, bear. No, he that's not Gira. That's Bagheera. Bagheera, Yeah. Okay. Oh, I my haven't God. seen the movie in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't watch the live. I will live. not. <laughs>
0: Sorry to derail you. I just couldn't yeah. help it. Yeah. I just, any anytime Baloo can end up in the podcast, I'm a big fan of that. I. I
2: He's a dope bear, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would hang out with him.
1: Uh, but yeah, that's basically all I had to say. Bear necessities.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then do we want to get into some of the characters? Um I, I I want super just,
2: quick on that. Yeah, I just want to brush over like why all of them are terrible. I mostly want to get into uh, Ian Jeremy Renner's character about how okay, his, start with him. Uh, how his entire character is just based off of his affection for freaking Amy Adams' character. That's Which, all he is. That's yeah. all he does. Like he's supposed to be this like top level scientist. I don't see him do. One thing of science in the whole movie does oh, some math. That's, that's it. Yeah. yeah, that's not true. He does do. He's
1: he literally like I know game theory. Like literally, like I love how like we talked about. We'd been talking talking about game theory in other episodes, and we're like, yeah, we'll get to arrival. We'll have a, like a little discussion about game theory, and like this is a f- film that basically just ignores like 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 when all of the screens are black like oh we all got to keep our secrets to ourselves because like no that's not how game theory works it's all about sharing information and like for him to be like oh it's game theory you know we exchange data like that's the whole point like it's just a narrative thing it's it's it's
0: it frustrates me so much yeah it's sort of like saying something smart hoping that the audience doesn't actually know what it means yeah it's literally that's like his whole character it's
1: Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park yeah chaos theory like chaos theory like that's literally like let's just get hot Guy in this movie so people will see it yeah and then like but the only other thing he offers is like he's like yeah i analyzed all of the uh, um the cloud of symbols and it's point oh eight three three repeating and what is that 112 so yeah he does oh, fractions yeah. oh my goodness yeah and then he takes that next step and like yeah numerology because that's what physicists do we're all about
2: numerology and like <laughs> like symbols like do that you even math bro yeah like, <laughs> it's like <both> that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah it's his, his whole thing about like his whole character is based off his future relationship with Amy Adams character. Like fucking keep forgetting her name right now. But, um, Uh, Louise, Louise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Who's, uh, it's like immediately
0: like his first line in the movie is repeating something that she had written down. I thought that was odd that that's how he's introduced. Yeah. Because he says that and he's like, well, you're wrong. Yeah. And I was like, why are, why are they going to build fake tension between these characters? Like, so they, they have them like quote unquote start at odds yeah. because it's like I'm science guy and she's like well I'm like language girl and I would have said lady but yeah w- whatever science
2: and language lady um yeah.
0: but I think it's odd that they, they kind of have him start at odds it's yeah. like why like yeah.
2: and they if, also no make reason him, for it yeah
1: and they also make him sound like an idiot like oh science is the bedrock of any civilization like what kind of dumbass I don't know <laughs> that is not language is the only way we communicate with anything yeah. science was actually a revolution in the 1500s when you get into empiricism and like the idea of and then uh, like with John Locke and then with uh, uh, later on with David Hume like those that's and Galileo especially those ideas are much later in terms of like where we see uh their interpretation of of the world now like before it was it was all rationalism if we can conceive of things like they must be real that was how we grappled with the world and that's also why language played a much bigger part of how we developed because it's all about semantics and rationalism
0: yeah i think the way he's describing is like maybe the bedrock of the way we view the universe now is built on science, but like yeah. to, to be like, that's, but that's not the bedrock. The bedrock is he's how a, we start. He's started. a
2: cornerstone of civilization.
0: Did he say? Yeah,
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, like as a general
2: premise. It's not even true. Like either way, like you're still right, yeah.
0: It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. That's, that's not how we started. It's not how we evolved. We didn't evolve with an innate knowledge of science. He, he so that's a weird line.
2: I did learn one like good thing from him. That's at the end, uh, when he's talking to when he's talking to Luis, and he's all like, he says, you know, I, the most impressive thing about this whole thing was not meeting them, it was meeting you. And I was like, man, if I'm ever like backstage at a concert and there's like a good looking girl, <laughs> I will use that. <laughs> <laughs> and, so boom. So I got something from him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I love how that's out- a great pickup line. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: And I love how out of
1: left field that was. There is no chemistry between them at any Look, it's point just say, in the end like,
2: There's no chemistry between them, but his whole character is just based off like him just like like puppy dogging around her. Like yeah. he's just being dragged along through her. Like when she says like it comes down between just us two. I was like why what has he even done this whole time yeah exactly besides the fact that the film keeps talking about how she's the the
1: one the brains behind everyone she's the big thing like i the 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 myth building around
0: the the character of louise is frustrating to me
2: she's just so smart i want to
0: say something about her that i i find so frustrating is i don't understand how amy adams is somehow a more compelling character in batman v superman where she's a side (laughs) character Oh, about okay lois lane is not a side character okay i'm just kidding she
2: is she's overplayed in the super i mean she's an archetype but,
0: yeah. <laughs> but i'm saying she she's a, a secondary character in a movie about two guys punching each other and she's somehow more compelling in that than she is as the lead of a, a film that actually could have had really thought-provoking questions in it and emotions it could have it could have, it could have reflected on how do how do we as human beings uh treat an our interaction with the new species because we have a pretty crappy track record of encountering new societies so it would have been a really cool way to kind of reflect on ourselves as humanity and and how are we going to deal with the situation moving forward and she is somehow the most boring character in a film about her yeah and i don't understand because amy adams is not a bad actress
2: no no, no she
0: so bad in this
2: oh she's great in the office yeah and well honestly <laughs>
0: the, it, as, the, as the purse saleswoman yeah. <laughs> she's better in that than she is in this is yeah. that
2: where she was that's like my first viewing
1: of Amy I Adams think you're, I'm, yeah, sure uh, she's, that's I'm sure point. she's that's, that wasn't her break but uh, it's
0: probably what I know her from it's probably the first thing I saw her in though. so it reminds me yeah. like, because uh, I also hate Idris Elba I'm not a big fan of Amy <laughs> Adams yeah, either yeah, like like both that. of them
2: got their breaks in the office and I just hate them I oh. don't think that Idris Elba got it I don't care. care that's like, the way <laughs> I
1: view it Calvin he broke into your consciousness at that point But yeah, like, like
2: I know how women feel about me. But yeah, like, I think the
1: reason, (laughs) but I think the reason like she feels so uncompelling is like the, the conventions, like the situations that we, that she's placed in, in order to, uh, convey her knowledge are so contrived. Like when, uh, when he comes, uh, when Forrest Whitaker first comes to recruit her and, um. She tells him what the process is gonna be. It's very. It's gonna be long. It's not gonna. You're not gonna get easy answers. It's very. That's very obvious. And he's like, "Well, I'm talking to whatever the dude at Stanford." And she's like, "Ask him for his definition of the word of the Sanskrit word war." And then just leaves. And then he comes and like. A, it's implied that like he fails the test.
0: Yeah, he says the wrong thing.
1: Yeah, which is which is crazy to me because she never defined it. The, so how did he know the judge the judge of this guy's answer doesn't even understand the nuance of the care of, of, the, just of the definition it. but the thing is is like she explains it she's like he he's like what's your interpretation of it and there's a desire for more cows and so it's like it, it you're giving all of the information we're supposed to take from that the idea like oh yeah like see clearly because she's more about what there's more nuance to conflict but like he doesn't understand that and it's just it's just a dumb setup that doesn't that doesn't mean anything. It's very, it's, it's like the same, the like same thing. Just like
2: like yeah, everything you said makes sense. Let's go to you, Montana. Yeah.
1: And the same thing, like when, when she's like, she, she's just like, you know why, when he's talking to her at one point, like, why isn't it going faster? And she's like kangaroo. Yeah. And like, that's like, and then she goes into a little, I do like how that like, was a lie. Yeah. Like that part but, was cool. But yeah. But yeah. it's also like good. Just like, uh, it, it felt like, Again, it's just myth-building. Like, like if you're really intelligent, you don't even need to tell a lie. You can tell, like, a real example of, of like, something that happened in yeah. my career.
0: In the short story, she actually explains to the colonel that it is just a uh, – it's just a story. It's just an anecdote. She explains that, like, it, yeah. it may not even be true. But yeah. but in the in the film, she's like – the colonel leaves, and she's like, that's not even true. I was lying just then. It's yeah. just – that's a thing in the film, not in the yeah. – uh, I got – it. you guys got to, like – Keep me on board. I need to not bring up short story stuff. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> but yeah, no, like I forgot about that. I was like, I
1: was trying to remember like where I'd heard that from uh, another time, and it was like, oh yeah, it is from the short story. Yeah, and I think it's be- it works better in the short story because it's like here's an example. Like this is an idea. This that is could why. Happen. This is like yeah.
0: in it. It would explain. This is why language is hard to understand, and and the colonel should be aware of why why this task they're undertaking of trying to decode and communicate and decipher the alien language is important and why it's difficult and they completely kind of i think they kind of gloss over that too much it's like the colonel's just like why these are these are child vocabulary words why are we doing this she's like we have to build a foundation i think they need more of those scenes to be like this is difficult like this is going to take us some time i think the whole actual language development doesn't take enough time yeah And, and um louise understanding the written language that the heptapods have is really important um, and I think they just kinda gloss over it way too much. Yeah, it happens very
2: quickly. But also
0: we'll, we'll get to some more characters before I Okay, I, I say so like the Colonel
2: the Colonel might be my favorite character.
0: Yeah, Colonel Weber, I actually well, yeah, yeah, cool. I've been
2: mean, usually I think, not even a Forrest Whitaker like fan. Hmm? Um but I thought he like I hate him in Star Wars. Um, the two minutes that he's in yeah I fucking one. hate it <laughs> I mean, so much who is good in Star Wars uh-huh. no one even uh, Adam even, Driver Adam Driver even, yeah, even, Adam Driver's good in everything yeah
1: like, like I'd say like yeah he's probably the best Star Wars and, character uh, that's sorry, ever existed um, honestly even McGregor is fantastic bigger. too yeah you're yeah. right yeah, I'm sorry Like that, I'm sorry I'm blaspheming and also Samuel Jackson alright oh, oh,
2: we don't ever talk shit about Sam alright dude stop it's just like, good, like he just has a, a purple lightsaber
1: that's like sweet he, that's that is sweet but you literally could have given that to ewan mcgregor too and be like
2: he's not sam jackson bigger.
0: Dude, next year you're gonna be like Kyed mundi is such a deep character <laughs> <laughs> stop dude r2d2 um anyways uh, but yeah i do think forrest whitaker does well yeah and i think what i like about his character is he's like pragmatic like he he does bring up stuff he's like Okay, give away as little of our language as you can because we don't want them to understand us better than we understand them. Yeah, which
1: is stupid. That, and that is the biggest that crazy That's the biggest problem I have with when why you're bringing up uh, game theory. There is no reason to hold back information. They need information. The more information you exchange, the more non-zero sumness that you will create that's the whole point of why language works the way it does. It's why civilization civilization grows out of seemingly nothing is because these interactions and these exchanges are more than just the sum of their parts. Yeah. And so that's what I have the problem with is like, that's everyone is acting in such in, in a very non game theory way, which is ridiculous. All of the military is built on this idea. So right. the fact that no one understands that and they're like, oh, yeah, we can't we can't talk to everybody like they're, you know, we got to keep our information to
0: ourselves like that is just confusing. I just think his setup makes sense. He's more concerned with the safety of his nation than yeah. he is on um, uh, however easy or practical he can make things for Louise and Ian. So he's like, well, you know, he puts parameters on what they can do and. And I, I think that makes sense for his character. That's why I think he... Like, like he I does, agree with Jaden. I think he's actually one of the good characters in this because his motivations actually make sense.
2: Like, and he delivers this line uh, when he's like, he says, I have to sell this to a room full of men. Like, whoever, like, want to get this taken care of. Whatever. I was like, that's great because gives you understand, like, where his perspective as a character is coming from. Like, not that he doesn't, like, want to help Luis figure out how to do this. It's just like, I have to... Make sure that like, we don't blow the shit up.
0: Yeah. He's yeah. like, this, this has to make sense. And it, it makes it seem like there's a fair amount of pressure on him. Yeah. and, and Yeah. So I, I, I actually agree. I, and uh, yeah, I think he's an actual character in this where no one else is. A, yeah. Everyone else is like a caricature or someone who's acting badly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing I have to say real quick is uh, this movie makes me want to turn off the subtitles. This was, it says Colonel so much. And every time <laughs> I see that word written, I want to blow my fucking brains
0: out, dude. <laughs> Why is it like that? It confuses my brain every yeah. time I I'm see like, Colonial. Like, every time I see colonial, yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. But yeah, Literally like,
2: turned off the subtitles because of it. <laughs> that's so funny.
0: But yeah, like
1: I, I I I see what you're saying there, but he still acts like all of his things like he's he's so he's so uh like uh um swayed so quickly by her answer that it it almost it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, There's it no, does. Like, He's like, like when she's like, we need to ask, you know, why are they here on earth? And she literally breaks down a simple language, which I have a hard time understanding someone at that high level of military has never undergone the process of acquiring a language that would understand that would, this is so easy. Like you can use common sense to get here. And she like breaks down like what all of the implications of, uh, of a sentence of, the, of this kind of semantics would mean. And he's like, oh, okay, I understand now. Like what? I, I mean, you didn't need I that. Think that's it's bad. Like, that's a bad script. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the same
2: thing like when yeah, he's like, Why, yeah, why would you have to write it, it down and teach them to read and and talk or whatever yeah. hear, Like
1: it's I, it's I like his mannerisms, but his character is still terrible. Eh,
0: okay. Eh. Well. So I, I I see t- what you mean. I tend though. to like, think he's fine because his motivation It might
2: so. just be that he's better than the other ones. So I think you think so. that
0: he's good. He's like better by proxy. It's like uh, <laughs> yeah, the cheerleader theory, cheerleader effect or whatever. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he's Explain he's, what that means. So like you can have like a group full of unattractive people but because there's a group you're gonna sp- find out and point the hottest like the most attractive one and be like okay they're attractive now because they're next right. to a bunch of other people who are not but uh, also they're not attractive they're just more attractive I've never heard that that's I don't good. know if that's
1: I don't know if that's like a, like a, like a hard science theory though no, that's the, that's more of just like, you, like you surround. That's yourself That's a bar with, theory. Yeah, you
2: surround yourself yeah. with
1: sixes and you look like a nine. That's, that's why, why I
2: don't like, like going man. out with Anthony because he gets all the weight. Yeah, there we
0: go. <laughs> that seems like armchair psychology. Yeah, that's why to it, go out with Brandon. makes sense. Yeah, but it's
2: I mean wow, it's right man, there with or Brandon. He is an ugly man. He's not going to listen to it. It's fine. <laughs> shout out, to shout Dan out, Brandon <laughs> and his twin brother Travis, who is way better looking than him. Are they not? Are they fraternal twins? Uh, they are. Yeah, they're not identical. You met them.
0: Oh, I have met them. I do know who they are. Yeah, they look nothing alike. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Brandon has not aged well. (laughs) Poor guy. Can we talk about um, Michael Sherberg's character, Agent Halpern, who is like the guy who's always on a satellite phone? Honestly? Oh, the
2: fucking douchebag CIA guy?
0: You know you know what the notice I put in? I was like, why is this guy in the film? No, exactly.
2: He's just there to pester Amy
1: Adams. That's it's the it. same, and this is this is the thing. I wrote three characters down. I wrote Luis and Ian and literally everybody else because, <laughs> they're, like, they're all doing the same thing. They're all just like sitting there yelling, "Oh, danger, danger will Robinson!" Like, no, that, you're so right. That's all they do. Like, that's that's all they're for. There's no nuance to any of them. Like, you could literally just have had Forrest Whitaker. And there you have someone, like you were saying, with a little yeah. bit of pragmatic nuance that this is a real person and not someone that's just, like, saying things, like, blowing up things because he's listening to too much, like, internet radio. Like, oh,
2: yeah, that dude, I wanted to get onto him, too, because, like, he yeah. has that phone call with his wife. Yeah. And then that's just, like, I'm like, you guys are just putting so much exposition in every fucking scene. That's, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's Mark
0: O'Brien playing Captain Marks who I also made a note. I said, why is this guy in the film? <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. I think we feel that, I think we watched the same movie yeah. here. Like they're yeah. all, they're not, yeah. they're not people.
2: I think putting... That might be the first time you said, I think we've watched the same movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: that, not, did it. we even watch the same movie? <laughs> I think uh, Agent Halpern and Captain Marks are something you'd see in like a, a Roland Emmer. uh Roland Emmerich movie, like Independence Day or Godzilla. Yeah, like yep. some. I'm the military guy, and 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 I'm gonna make rash decisions with. Uh, no regard for like the actual data or the experts and I'm of course gonna, like it has to be,
2: it. be like America who's like going to bomb with the fucking spaceship on, from the and inside I hate and that. like i yeah. hate that too
1: yeah like I, like his one line that i hated the most he's like we don't know if they you know they're just trying to split us a, uh, apart like you know drive a wedge between us and then like conquer the 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 victor at the end i was like what does he think this is like the a game of risk you know, jesus the, like the hunger games spelling bee like this <laughs> Like, first one to the end, and, like, they don't, you know, they get to victor the, the, to the spoils and whatever. Like, that's, yeah, exactly. Like, that's, it's it, it's so out of nowhere. It doesn't make sense with, like, the, how anybody is acting in all of this. So, like, including the aliens. I, I mean, mean, the like, best
0: actors might be the heptapods, dude. Oh,
1: those, yeah. The heptapods are the, the oh, best. Great.
0: So, I want to talk about something else that I think you might not think of as a character initially, but if you watch the film... The thing that like kind of influences the narrative the most, I think, is all these TV screens and just they're they're just blasting the news all the time. Yeah, and it it influences so much of this film. That's the same.
2: It's like that's the antagonist. Yeah. It's the fear. I, I yeah. think
0: it's I think it's such lazy writing. Absolutely. To, to be like. You just have a screen on in the background with some dialogue like, "Oh, the Chinese are doing this, and and America is reacting." Especially sure what you like, have like it's like it's so not only is it boring, it's lazy, yeah. and and it, it's uninteresting. It, it takes all this screen time away from like telling an actual story. Like yeah. this is not a story of humanity realizing flaws that they had and and trying to. Uh, communicate with another species or another society in a productive way this film is about fear-mongering yeah which is is. insane to me it's crazy
2: that 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 is what took over because this could be like if you said like this could be a film that is so enlightening. This and, could and be
0: the antithesis of something like independent state. Ooh, what's antithesis mean? The, like the opposite. The, of. Anti, okay, the right. antithesis. Yeah. This could, I like this that could word be, a lot. This film could have been the opposite of something like, oh, let's blow up the aliens because it's our only, it's our only choice. We're America and that's just what we do. This could have been a film about, like, like I said, this is, the source material is very thought-provoking. Yeah, and and it brings up kind of these kind of moral questions that we have to answer within ourselves of like how are we gonna how are we gonna react when we come when we have first contact, and this film almost does that initially, and then it becomes a blow em up movie, and I fucking hate it. Yeah, 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 and and then starting to like this
2: pretty... movie less the more we talk. Oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> I still
1: I still have the same opinion on it because like I, I do agree like I see all of these things like, um, but so this is what what I mean about like Denis not really. Uh, elevating a, a genre above what it is like like here there there are clear problems here but those aren't what make the film like good like what make the film good the is shots like, in the score dude yeah the same thing like i think that like uh, guillermo de Tomorrow has said this same, had said this before like you only make one film uh your entire life and he was like alfred hitchcock made the same film every every time he made a film and it's because like the idea uh, being like you you have just like this personal vision of the way you make films that you keep bringing that back to the table each time and i think sicario and arrival are the same film they
2: are so similar
1: they're exactly the same
2: like we were, we were talking last night and you talked about the shots of flores and the shot of montana yeah and it's like those are like the two best parts of the movies and yeah they boil everything yeah. down
1: right there and it's the, like this is the whole thing like we're he's stripping down everything uh of its uh of um its new of uh it's symbolic reference uh there's nothing about like you know this is the one thing the the problem i have with him is that his films aren't very deep but he's really good at getting just what you need in a film to make a really compelling story like the the uh the smoothness of all of the ships they're not menacing they're very interesting they're unintuitive the way they
2: leave is fantastic
1: yep and so
0: when you talk about the aerial shots comparing to sakari are you talking about the initial shot of the alien spacecraft in Montana.
1: Yes. Well, yeah. When they're flying in on the helicopter.
0: I, okay. I know I've said this before. Pause your movie. Just look. at it. It's off.
2: beautiful, dude. The, it makes me want to move to Montana. Yeah. The, like
0: f- the fog, the mist, moving. Oh yeah. Over, the fog like makes, the foothills, yeah. like into the valley. And it gives you that real big grasp of how like how massive the spaceship this, is. You have this obelisk, just ominous in the background, uh, unambiguous on its intent, but still present. In your mind, every time you see it, I love that shot. It's amazing to me. There's a really good poster of it, and it's ruined by a tagline on it. It's like, why are they here, or why are they here? But and that's it's, what's it's so completely great. ruined because, Yeah. But but you could just have like like just that shot alone. It 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 speaks enough on its own that you don't even put a tagline yeah. in yeah. the poster. I yeah. actually really want that poster for my wall. Where we record at is. I have a bunch of posters on my walls of, of movies and stuff, and I really want that one. And you but, Hannah. But, but I'm so annoyed. The curious clothes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Hannah's dressed up as a <laughs> heptapod in the back.
0: <laughs> but I, I just love that shot so much. I think it's amazing. Yeah, and it does. And this, while I've complained about this film a lot already, it to me is, it's redeemed to a certain point by its visuals and its sound.
1: Yeah. yeah oh yeah and i mean so so and like why like I, I have a problem like with uh like you know having that question there it's embedded within the shot the idea is like why are we here we're we're seeing like we, we sweep across the valley and we look at this is her new office this is the, the what everything is going to be and it's the, the base of this this giant spaceship that makes no sense and then we just get you know you, uh johan johansson is uh the composer here he did sicario Fucking does
0: fantastic
1: and he works a lot in holy minimalism and we've meant we've mentioned before on uh interstellar that over uh is uh one of the forefathers of holy minimalism and it's this idea of like you know it's it's very unassuming until it blasts right. some very high notes and you have those horns as we're flying down, ah, uh, it's just like, that's the one thing that, that I think that's the major thing that separates films made uh, now and more in like the 70s and 80s it's the sound design is very much intended to take advantage of the uh, advances, uh the advances of the st- of stereo systems that we have now and they're meant to be a physical presence and they that's are, what that's you That's why I love seeing
2: it. movies in Dolby theaters. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah.
1: Even like when we were watching uh, the Green Knight and that one st- uh uh that dude wouldn't shut no, up. No, well yeah that. <laughs> but the but speaker was blown. Yeah, yeah, the speaker that actually rattled. Like that was like like that's it's it's meant to be more than just uh like a bit in peace and it's it's all about conveying this sense of of ominousness and and mysteriousness, but like it's it's more wariness. Like that's the problem that I that I think that like we have with all of the um, the way the characters are acting is because it's it's there's no threat posed by the shape of the yeah, ship. Yeah, it's they, just a question.
0: The tone of the f- the tone of the way it's uh, filmed, like just the what you're seeing visually doesn't and what you're hearing through the score doesn't seem to match what the characters are doing. Yeah. Which is why this this film is so disjointed to me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's reflected again in the uh, the whole classroom or inter- uh, interview room uh, of the spaceship. There is nothing there. It's completely stripped down. It is all about the interaction between Louise and uh, uh, and to a certain degree Ian. Like, not that he actually matters. In so Ian
0: movie. is like a purse that she carries around. Yeah, That's exactly.
1: It. Yeah, he's just to act out the verbs. Yeah. It's
0: just so unfortunate because I'm going to go to the short story in this. He's, like, an actual character in this, and, like, he has a lot of descriptions on, like, physics and how the heptapods understand physics, how they understand uh, algebra uh, based on, like, calculus. He, like, he fleshes the story out in a way through science. Mm -hmm. In the short story, and it's kind of fascinating how they—how it's written— but all the stuff he does in this is just—he has like a voiceover in this film, which I don't understand. Oh, I hate that. That made no sense well, to me. Well, neither yeah, so so does the ones that problem
2: so Amy Adams does. Either. I, oh I want to okay.
0: continue on the on the look of this film. Sorry, I derailed it a little. It's bit. all good. But I, I, I love the the sound of the heptapods. I think it's amazing. Oh yeah. It do Like, it, it, I love the way you they guys do. ever heard like a didgeridoo. That's what yeah, they oh, sound yeah. Last yeah. I think they sound amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I do. I do love that. But like, yeah. So like the. the Everything there is so, is so cool because you have to think of the, uh, if you think of the, the, uh, glass that separates them being represented in other places in the film it's her um, window in her house when we get the first shot of the of the film where the camera turns down her house down, is like, so nice oh yeah absolutely yeah. right like that's, that's I was why like you, man, I want to live there Well why you live in Canada <laughs> like you, as a professor you can actually afford that shit apparently
0: a teacher can afford a really dope house yeah, so it's like, it's like a at least water- it's where it was shot cause, it's you know, like Denis, waterfront but, like, property it's really nice yeah exactly
1: <laughs> yeah well I mean I guess she has a physicist she's like a book but like
2: and she had a book that she. Had
1: yeah, read. that's true. That yeah. she does have the book. Okay, so she, you could live anywhere well, at she, that point. She Yeah, she
0: lives yeah in the, you write she's a book. The you can, of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because she lived in the house. Jeremy, Renner, <laughs> Ian moves into her house.
1: Yeah, that's so true. She has the house first. Yeah, who knows why she's living in there at all? Like, I don't know. I don't sense. even. Either way, see, like, it's a dope house. Yeah, yeah. but you have that. <laughs> you have the the window there. Um, right. Being the very like this is the whole point of the film starting with that. Right. And then you get when she's in class and it's the same thing with the chalkboard stretched out like that. So you have these three different I, these um three different scenes all conveying the same thing. Like this is this is home life looking out into the future and this is uh me teaching, um and uh interacting with uh these very strange creatures.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think Humans? that all lines yeah,
1: up pretty well. Weird.
2: Yeah, yeah. I Especially college students. Like, <laughs>
1: but yeah so that's and so that's those things are so well done that this it it saves the movie to a certain degree for, for me here i love it's, yeah. it's the music it's it's this uh this sense this mood it's this these weird questions and these weird feelings Th- there's so much there that works from because of Denis that uh that i love it so uh.
0: and it's ruined by like these just incredibly predictable characters that are just afraid and they just uh, they just shove this whole thing down your throat about how we need to fear the other nations and we need to fear the heptapods and it just this whole film is just so like you say it's ruined
2: by that i think that that aspect is saved by the camera work and sound design in this
0: yeah i think that's what makes this movie like because like
2: what so i guess i I enjoy this movie and like obviously the characters kind of blow like every scene with uh with Louise and her daughter is awful and I hate it.
0: I want to talk about Louise and the daughter real quick. Um, This doesn't need to be a long section. I watched an interview with, um, I'm not sure who's doing the interview, but it's with the screenwriter, uh, the, the, the script writer. Yeah. And the guy doing the interview, he said, and I really want to know your guys' opinion on this because we did a review on Interstellar. And so you guys have an informed opinion on this one. He said, I think that this film does a better job of conveying a relationship between a parent and a child um, much better than a film like Interstellar did. He's like, these are two sci-fi epics and I think one really missed the mark and you guys really nailed it in Arrival. What do you guys think about comparing the relationship between Hannah and Louise versus Coop and Murph? So
2: right off the bat, I compare this movie to Interstellar very much so while I'm watching it. Um, Mm. And the relationship aspects are non-existent in this film in my opinion. Like I don't give a shit about like like so like opening scene it's her with her kid and her kid going through life and getting sick and dying. And then the next scene is what I wish the opening scene was because I don't want that scene. I don't care about it and like I think it's unwarranted. I think
0: the scenes with her and her they, daughter are They literally explain the whole movie in the first 30 yes. seconds of the film. Yeah. and And not in a clever way. We talked about how Enemy... Kind of, uh,
1: the first scene is an allegory for the whole thing Right,
0: and that's a yeah. clever way to kind of set up the story. Yes, this is literally telling you what the story is. Yeah,
2: and it's very, it's very weird. God damn it, make me not like this movie. Um,
1: it's it's very over dramatic, which is, is weird because yeah. you would think that like you know what it's showing is is very is very emotional. There's a lot of pieces there that you think would work. Um just not at the it beginning of your film. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean like it's not ever even necessary that it, uh, can't be at the beginning of the film because look it up. It's just that that whole sequence isn't edited very well to actually get the emotional response that you think it does. Right.
2: And it's just like up. but I didn't realize that. So but, yeah, but, but there you go. Like there's yeah. a
1: difference between how you do it right and how you do it wrong. And they, it's unreal to me that someone would think that these two movies are even related. Um, it, like the the way the interviewer was saying like that they would be uh different examples of the same thing like one it's just i don't even understand what what, what he's seeing like there's nothing here there are no relationships with anyone they
2: have one part of dialogue about the movie and it's bad
1: yeah like yeah. the whole the whole thing the, the whole reason that the relationship with coop and murph works in interstellar is because Matthew McConaughey is a great actor, embodying a real person. Right. And Murph is crying, and the score is is absolutely amazing right there. Like, you know, maybe if you took away the score, there it would it wouldn't hit as much. In a way that Johan Johansson's uh, minimalism here doesn't accentuate anything, and whereas, um, well, who, who, shoot, who Hans did? Zimmer yeah, did. Hans Zimmer did. In a way that Hans Zimmer really elevated a lot of the emotional uh, <laughs> right points right. in that, but. I I just don't think that you can see anything I in this film at all. I
0: don't know how you could even compare those two.
2: No, it's just like there's no there's like there's not a lot of dialogue between Coop and Murph in Interstellar in comparison to like his dialogue with like other characters and stuff like that because most of the movie is him in space right. away from her. But like, you feel the agony of him being away. Yeah, from I her. just uh, like, again, I don't I don't
0: want this to be a a compare contrast to Interstellar. I just thought it was a it was an interesting interview I saw. And I just don't know how a person could honestly think that you could even compare the relationship from Hannah to Louise and Coop to Murph. I just thought it was really odd. And we just did a review on Interstellar, so I thought it was worth bringing up. I thought it was crazy when I heard it. And it's not even because Interstellar is my favorite movie. I just think it's insane because the core of the short story is the relationship between Louise and in the the short story, uh, the daughter isn't named. But Mm -hmm. for the sake of this, we'll just say in the in the short story, uh, Hannah and Louise's story is pivotal to the short story. Yeah. And I think it's I think I think it's almost nothing in this film.
1: Exactly. Like that is the point of the short story here. It is secondary again to the mood and like Denis can only do what he can because he can't get into the script. So he's just going to ignore those things basically. Right. And give you that sense of the feeling.
0: All right. I'm glad that we got that out of the way. I'm sorry. It was just a, I I saw that interview and I was like, I have to. That's a no way even question for him to, but. I just, I just don't even know how you could even uh, talk about those two in like the same breath is like one, especially this somehow being a better like mother daughter story than the father daughter story in interstellar. I just don't understand that at all. Yeah, it's crazy. So I think we can talk a bit about something that we actually like. Is the, the heptapods. Heptapods. Yeah, Which,
1: I think everything about the design is great.
2: Yeah. I, um, I mean, if it was me and I was Jeremy, Renner, Jeremy Renner's character at this point, I wouldn't name
0: them Abbott and Costello. I mean, I would name them Squidward and Ursula. They're not named that in the short story. Okay. It's Flapper and Raspberry. That's way better. <laughs> they seem more like natural, just like fun names. They call them Flapper because uh, their sounds kind of sound like they're coming out of these flaps and stuff. Yeah. So, or I, I just think it's... It's a more organic, like a set yeah. of names to say Flapper and Raspberry than. Yeah. Oh, let's call them Abden Costello. Let's. Yeah, so I honestly, would call like, them Squidward and Ursula. Let's call them like Dumb squids. and Dumber. You know, let's yeah. any combinations of of let's you know call them Thelma and Louise. Like it just it's silly to me that yeah. that that's what they landed on. Yeah. I, I don't. Well, like I that. mean, I don't know.
1: Like scientists are, I mean, notoriously bad for naming things. So the fact that that. Both of those seem that way is
0: scientists like, came up with spaghettification and that's a rad word. That is a very rad word. Yeah. I mean
1: it's not like all of them are bad at it, but most of them are bad at it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I also I I think uh the language is really cool. Um it all being like in a circle. The written language. Yeah, the written language yeah, is mean. really neat. Um so they describe it as you, you need to know the beginning and the end of it before you write it because it's like kind of this recursive nature within like the symbol the itself. Yeah, it's I a bootstrap.
1: It's cool. Like knowing that's a, a paradox in, in uh, time travel. Like you have to, you're pulling yourself up by the bootstraps because the, uh, the future is contingent on the past, but at the same time, the past is contingent on the future. So if they're happening, you know, congruently
0: then how does that really works and that's that's what the language is opening up
1: the possibility
0: and i think that's cool that's like one of the few times this movie tries to take the whole kind of living in all of time at once it tries to that's like the first time it tries to really drive that home i just wish they spent more time on like kind of that build up of the language and kind of as louise understands it i know that as the film progresses they have more of these like flash forwards I just don't think it's, like, built on enough. And I don't think you really understand the basis of it. It's like she sees the language and then all of a sudden she's kind of starting to move forward. I think it would have been cooler if they had more comprehension scenes to yeah. kind of build on how she's now moving forward. And yeah. Uh, yeah uh, my dad actually,
1: yeah. like, like, he, when we were watching this together, he said, uh, you know, this isn't really my type of movie, but, like, I was really engaged in all of this until you get to the standoff scene with all of the guns like this. Right. Like there's the it's so unnecessary. It's 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 dumb. Like everything else about the about the language uh, acquisition was working well to, to
0: to the point where it was entertaining. Yeah. Which so. is it's interesting because that's almost entirely the basis of the short story, which I, again, yeah. I think that there this is it's a short enough story that it could have just been translated to film and it would have worked just fine. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting as a short story. I think it would have been show like so interesting as a film. But they decide to be like, let's have a bunch of newsreels to pop in. Let's have a bunch of people afraid and, and uh, posturing like military and uh, you know political posturing. And it just, it, it overruns this film. Yep. Um, when you could have had a really cool story with like uh, human beings interacting with extraterrestrials, which yeah. should have been the point of this film. Yeah.
2: Sweet. Um, one thing about the Elspeth has a is their atmosphere, which I think is very cool.
0: Yeah. It almost seems liquidy. So that, it's cool that you bring that up uh, when Louise, uh, towards the end of the film, the heptapods kind of pull away and they send her like a little pod. Yeah. You know, and she enters their atmosphere and she's in it. And I actually really love that scene because it does. It feels like there's like a pod gets casted to the ship. Yeah. But it's like, (laughs) 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 thank thank you for that. (laughs) That's a great joke. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> but she enters the atmosphere, and you're, you're right. It's like it's liquid. It's like there's a sense of buoyancy. It's very to it. heavy, very heavy atmosphere. Uh, because, like, you see her hair waving and everything, yeah. and it, it looks like someone who's underwater. I love that idea. It also doesn't make sense because they make a point to say that they have different atmospheres, and that's why they have a problem pumping air but out. she's, like, like, not atmosphere. dead
2: when she goes in there?
0: So I guess in the script, she was supposed to have some kind of breathing apparatus on. Yeah. And Denis Villeneuve was like... Uh, stylistically that doesn't like look very good it would look like again amy adams when she enters the atmosphere of uh the kryptonian ship in Steel. Yeah. it would have been like the same difference so i wonder if he thought about that and he was like amy adams literally already did this where she entered an alien's atmosphere and had to have like an apparatus on yeah and he was like i don't want to do that again with literally amy adams yeah. again so <laughs> i i think that it, that's like a stylistic choice that took place but it doesn't make sense because they even point out that the atmospheres are different. So, I mean, it's whatever. It's still a neat-looking scene. Yeah. And I love that the the one Heptapod said that the the other one is in a... Death process. Death process. I love that. That's such yeah. a neat way to say that someone is dead or yeah. dying, whatever it is. I, I just love that phrasing. Yeah, that
2: was, it was cool.
0: That's the one really, really clever line that this screenwriter came up with. Uh, I love yeah. that he says death process. Yeah, And exactly. it was mostly just because I feel like... Because the whole time that he's
2: he's communicating with uh, Luis there. It's like he's not saying complete sentences or using um, the correct adjectives and stuff. And like, I think that it was just kind of like, oh, he doesn't understand what dying means. It's a death process.
0: Yeah. I, I, do, also, like, I do
1: think it was
2: cool.
0: Yeah.
1: I do think, I do love too, the reveal there that well, what we had seen all up until that point was it was basically a knuckle. It was their waist. Like once yeah. we actually get to see the whole thing. They're they don't make again. They're they're modeled at they're modeled very similarly as the shape of the ship. They're this long, really unintuitively um, put together body. Like right. where the fulcrum of the waist doesn't make sense with the mass above it.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're so right. Um, one thing that's really neat about that is Denis Valnou said. Uh, for kind of like the character design of those characters his he wanted it to invoke the sense of ah like swimming next to a whale like something that is just I know we've all seen pictures of whales but like if you got up close to one it must be just the most euphoric uh, amazing sensation just to see something so massive that's so like in its element in the water yeah and then to see this heptopod just so massive on screen compared to you Uh, uh, compared to Louise must be just this, like, awe-inspiring experience. And I think that that part is captured well. I I think so, too. I do love that there's a reveal that... Because you think they're probably... I mean, because like you said, they're like these knuckles. It almost looks like just a hand with Mm -hmm. seven fingers on screen. And then you see it's this massive body above it. And I I do think that that's conveyed well. And it does give a sense of, like, awe and, um, like, a sense of intelligence and a sense of superiority to these, like, characters. They have this technology that humanity wants to figure out and i think that's conveyed really well in just a look of these uh yeah. of these heptapods i think it's really great and with a payoff too like we thought we had we had figured everything out or more
1: or less something figured out in terms of shape and look and uh um how he cre- created the atmosphere but to find out there was another visually interesting yeah. thing to find
0: out um, you like,
1: whoa yeah
0: that would be that's actually interesting because if you think of the, the atmosphere they live in as being more buoyant than our atmosphere it would make sense that they would grow very large yes they would have an atmosphere that could support that kind of mass and while their
2: like, legs are still not like massive yeah. it doesn't seem like, like if they were on like on Earth's gravity in their atmosphere like they wouldn't be able to walk around
0: that's actually like, like a pragmatic intuitive design to these characters yeah. that I hadn't thought of before that's actually really interesting. I'm glad you brought up kind of like the atmosphere they have, Jaden. Yeah. That's that's really neat. That actually kind of is a bright point in this movie for me yeah. now. Neat. Uh, I, one thing about that scene I do hate is they, just in case you're the viewer and you don't quite know what's going on in this film, they're like, Louise sees the future now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I get it. I know. <laughs> and in that scene, she's like, who's the girl in this? Who Who is this girl I'm seeing? It's your daughter. We learned it in the first scene of the film. It's yeah, your daughter. It is. It's your daughter. I, yeah. and that's. I why, think there are enough clues
1: yeah. that you could have figured it out without it, it saying it.
0: So I'm getting very emotional about this because I, I just don't. I, I like just, you're so just mad at yourself. I just think it's a bad script, and I'm, I'm annoyed that I used to really like this
1: film. <laughs> I, I I feel the same way about Avatar. Obviously, there are bigger differences. Like like I like obviously I'm gonna have like. Like I'm in therapy because I because I you know liked Avatar at some point. <laughs> <You're> like,
0: <laughs> there are at least things here that are are nice. So, right. dude, if yeah, nothing you haven't, is called unobtainium. So. If you haven't listened to our commentary on Avatar, it's pretty good. We uh, unfortunately it? missed out on Jaden on that one, but we have uh we have our our old producer McKennon on that episode. And it's Miss you, really, That's a really good episode. Uh. But yeah, I just, I, I'm I'm annoyed by kind of the overhandedness of explaining stuff to people in this. I think it could be better if you just lay off a bit and like maybe let your audience figure something out.
2: So I feel like everything in this movie is just, every single time it's just beating a dead horse. Yeah.
1: You know what's crazy too though is that like we figure out that she learns the rest of the language by looking at the future. <clears throat> Why in the world did any of the heptapods speak at all if we've established that the... Yeah, why did
2: they just do it right away?
1: Well, why, yeah, and we, we, we know for sure, for a fact that the, the tonal language is different than the written language, so why are they speaking at all? Second of all, they would already know English if they know about an event 3,000 years in the future, so they would already have learned from Louise how English works and shown up and written in English.
0: But, but if they... If they write to her in English, then she, she won't, won't learn her petapod language, and then she won't be able to yeah. see the future. No,
1: that's that's how learning language works. Like this is what this means. You, this is how you figure out how to learn our language. You can explain
0: everything and why it works the way it does. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back into the short story. There's a good section of that story that talks about how, as Louise is learning the language, she starts to be like, I'm now I'm just playing a part. She already knows the outcome. She already knows everyone else's dialogue. She's just playing a part to like achieve an end. And I think if they had put that in the film, all that stuff that you're saying, it's like, well... It's not
1: a plot hole anymore. Yeah. yeah. Th-
0: then, then all of a sudden, them only speaking uh, Heptapod B, which is the written language, makes way more sense than them coming down speaking English and then teaching Heptapod B. That all makes way more sense if they build in like, hey, this is Louise, and she's like, you know, I already know what's going on now i'm playing a character and she even says in the in the short story scenes like uh the, the colonel is saying exactly what he needs to say exactly on beat like everyone's playing a part she's just the only one who realizes they're playing a part because she's the only one who has seen this event already play out why didn't they put that in the movie that makes this movie so much more intriguing
2: yeah it does yeah
1: it also like it, like you said like it it I mean, maybe they thought, like, maybe that's the problem with, uh, like, the, the hubris of, uh, I mean, maybe I'm taking the words of the interviewer away from the, and construing them with the, um, the words of uh, the scriptwriter. but I think that he thought that he wrote something clever and, um, and emotional, and with emotional depth, and he felt like, if I added something like that, then it becomes too sciency, um, and it takes away from the, the feeling of the film. And I think that that is a misstep i th- I don't think that I already don't think that you've done accomplished what you wanted to at least make your
0: film make a little more sense story wise We've been dogging on this scriptwriter. his name is Eric Heiserer, <laughs> <laughs> and people deserve to know his name because i I don't know other stuff he's done, but this is a bad one. yeah, well, We're I mean the last thing I will say
1: too is like this this film is about big questions and small answers when like that's a really poetic, dude you have such
0: a good way of putting things i love that
1: that's why I, that's why i write all of this shit out because it's not how like <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's what it that's like what it is in my head sometimes it's just not what comes out of my mouth all the time so <laughs> um but but i think like the thing is is like we when you show her daughter dying and the fact that she gets divorced like both of those things are unnecessary do you don't they do not mean anything to the to the narrative. You don't need you they don't create anything. So if you pull them away, then we're not left with this really, really big moral implication of her decision of like uh like because again, we do, we we're not we're not addressing the fact that she's just playing a part. You know, she has just made a decision and we're not talking about the moral ethics. It's just like it just it just happened, you know, you know, whatever. So to to lead with something like that, like it's just You have all of these, these philosophical ideas like to explore, but the film doesn't really care about them. They're just plot devices to fabricate emotional depth. Um, through her future memories, like again, we could just get rid of like some of them and just have like her daughter do- playing with her daughter. That's you know that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like yeah. f- it doesn't bring up bigger questions like that. But or they're there to solve like apparent problems like with the use of game theory or the numerology of the being one twelve. Like they're it's bringing in I- like cool ideas that are sciency to sound like there's there's depth here. That's like whoa, look how smart we are. But it's right. very very empty.
0: I will say I have criticized the script a lot. I do think it's clever that they, um, Luis gets the satellite phone and calls the general in China. He speaks the, she speaks like the last words of his dying wife to kind of, stop this kind of offensive that they have i think that that is actually clever writing
1: yeah that part not the fact that it was the 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 entire situation is too contrived because why are yeah. the chinese att- attacking in the first place but the fact that it is bootstrapped again like showing you exactly how the the language can work for the benefit yeah. of like of past and present being the same uh, as future th- yeah that's interesting
0: i agree there it's cool the actual uh the actual line she gives is in war there are no winners only widows Mm uh which is really funny cuz uh, if you watch the film even if you uh the subtitle was taken out during that part mm-hmm. and so uh the the writer even said he's like uh didn't even you know decided to remove that uh subtitle from it and he describes him as a mischievous fox is what the the script writer said he's like he was kind of annoyed he I guess he spent a lot of time kind of deliberating and deciding what that final line was going to be that what changed the tide of this film I guess and then the the subtitles taken out of the film which I think is actually kind of another clever way it kind of gives a little air of mystery to like what was actually said you'd have to actually look into it if you wanted to know I don't think it's great but like you know it, it leaves a little bit of mystery to it, which I think is fine.
1: Yeah, I would have I would have included it because there, I actually think that's a great line. You yeah, should have I put think. It in. It, yeah, exactly because it's also like everyone has been acting in non-zero-sum ways the whole time. Like the whole idea of non-zero-sum is that like you're not. It's not how to wage war better. It's the idea of waging peace. Like everyone benefits from the idea if we just assume that we can trust each other and work towards mutually beneficial goals. So that quote really bo- like does embody everything that the film kind of implied like if you just work together with everybody everyone prospers
0: i also think there's like an emotional element to all the fear that's going on in this film like they they, everyone fears what the aliens are going to do everyone fears what other nations are going to do and then to have the emotion swing in the other way to something of like a, a bit of sadness like let's like really have perspective you know war only makes you know, it, it doesn't win, it only makes widows. I think that sways the emotion in the other way. I think it would have actually given more clarity and like uh, a sense of completion to this film. Yeah. Yep. So I actually, I, I, now that I'm saying it more, I kind of think it's annoying that it's not included. Yeah. Like the, the one theatrical
1: the, cut. Yeah. The one thing that
0: uh, would have tied this film together is yeah. not included. It's
1: like the one thing like that I can really fault Denis here for, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know how much creative control he had over the whole editing sequence of all of the, uh, the newscast and everything. Like if he did, I would have, you know, like I would have cut those for sure. Like he can work in some <laughs> films, but it's like, like here it's like the point is not like this, this critique of it. It's literally just a device to right create tension and conflict. So yeah, I, I agree. Like there's, there's a little, there's a lot more with adding that line.
0: I have one more fun fact and then we'll get to our, our final thoughts. This is the only film nominated for Best Picture that year in 2016 that had no actors nominated for Best Actor or Actress, yeah. which makes total sense to me. Absolutely. Because <laughs> these characters are deadpan. They mean nothing when they're on screen to me. Yep. It's just amazing to me that you can, again, I think that kind of speaks to you know Denis Villeneuve as a filmmaker that he somehow got a Best Picture nominee out of a film with like really below average acting in it yeah
1: exactly there's yeah I, I i don't have much more to say we've said it a million times yeah. like it's just a feeling and
0: and it's sense yeah it just that really hammers home i think what we've been saying is like it's somehow an v- amazingly good looking film that is can capture you and compel you in a way but somehow every character in it is uh, garbage yeah they suck yeah
1: yeah yeah so there you go like it's not just us yeah, it's an entire body of uh, of actors that can see talent and know what to do. Like they right. they didn't even vote anybody <laughs> to be nominated,
0: right? All right, Jaden, what are your final thoughts on this one?
2: Um, so I'm still a, still a fan of this movie. Um, obviously, the dialogue, the acting, the characters are very dry and boring. Um, they don't propel the story in any way. I love the heptapods. I love the science behind them and their atmosphere and things like that. Other than that, I do feel like the science is ignored in this film. Um, but it is saved in a lot of aspects by by the director by the direction of this movie. And just like the shots and the sound, like, I I'm in love with the score of this film. Oh yeah. Like, I'm a huge, huge fan of it. Um at the end of the day it missed missed a lot of marks. Um I'd give it probably like a
0: six point one and a ten. All right. Calvin, what do
1: you think of this one? Yeah, I'm I actually give it a seven point one. I think that Sicario is a better film, but I enjoy more things here
0: that's interesting yeah All so right.
1: so that's i mean that's that, that's more what i mean like i can see more direction here and I, like when you create things uh for set pieces you're not using things like that's there's there's a difference in terms of like art style and direction that um that has to be original and i think they hit a lot of original takes here
2: uh, it's a uh, 6.1 news screens New no, I actually. Oh, okay.
0: sorry, we didn't. I want to base this on a, a base seven scale because the heptapods have seven limbs, so we have to do it oh, based out of one to seven. I mean, do the oh, conversion rate. Yeah, Calvin okay. can do the conversion rate later. He's got a. He's um, got a I'm gonna give it a three a
2: point seven five.
0: Okay. You have a. You have it's an Excel spreadsheet. You can do it. Yeah.
1: Later. Yeah. I know. I will. Like, I'll put <laughs> my actual one. Like, uh, yeah. So it's a. Is it five? It's a five out of seven.
0: Five out of seven. That's okay. That's pretty high.
1: And I, I don't know. Like I. I think so. It's a seven point one out of ten.
0: Okay, I guess it's about the same.
1: Yeah, it feels the same. I'm not. I'm just doing <laughs> it it quick. feels the same. I'm pretty <laughs> sure mine
2: is pretty freaking close, dude. All
1: right. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that's the thing. Like when you're on a, when you're on base seven, like small differences make a big difference. <laughs> yes. no,
0: yeah. I just thought it was clever to do in base seven. You know. I'm um, just
1: making my job harder.
0: You ex- again, you have an Excel spreadsheet. It'll be just. <laughs> I have to do conversions now. So I my problems with this film is that the fear. Uh, the tension is all based around fear I think the tension of this film could have been based around uh, the father I mean the mother-daughter relationship and it could have built the relationship between Louis and Ian much better Um, I think it's shocking to me that a film that is about a linguist lacks communication so much (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it it kind of blows me away uh, the inability, again, of this film to, like, build relationships brings it down a lot of points. Uh, at a base seven, um, this is a three and a half. That's probably two. So it's a five. This a, no, this is a two and a half. Sorry. Two and a half of seven. Yeah. I, I Again, I'm so sorry I made you guys watch this. I used to think this was, like, really one of my favorite movies. And now I'm just like, wow, this script is really bad.
1: I mean, we both rated it better than you did. So it's not like we didn't enjoy it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, still you didn't give it a passing grade uh, no this is yeah I, I don't even know that i'd recommend this t- I, i'd probably recommend it like general audience it, this obviously this film did fine because it made back a ton of its money like
1: just so you know you rated the witcher uh nightmare of the wolf higher than arrival
0: i'm actually okay with that <laughs> that's fine with me uh before we close out i want to give a, a quick shout out a commenter by the name of Delenn left a fun fact on our I Am Sam video. And she says, fun fact, Ellie Fanning played two-year-old Lucy in the movie. Oh. Neat. Which is uh, Dakota Fanning's younger sister.
1: Oh, I thought it was her child. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. No, I, I, think that's, I think it's really interesting because there's, there's, there's just a really brief part where uh, Lucy is very young. She's not a baby anymore, but she's like a... Very
1: dad. uncomfortable part.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, but I think that's really neat that it's it's Dakota Fanning's younger sister who plays that. That's an excellent mm. fun fact. Nepotism. Yeah.
1: Dakota Fanning just, like, yeah. given all of the, the roles yeah, to her yeah, unborn yeah. daughter. A- a- Eight-year-old Dakota
0: Fanning. <laughs> what is right really now? <laughs> I don't know why I said daughter. <laughs> or unborn. So.
1: Well, because, yeah, like, she's like, yeah, in the next movie, like, the next one gets to be the, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah.
0: Anyways, uh, great fun fact by Dylan. Thank you for adding that. And if uh, you leave a comment... Or or email us at now this is podcasting one zero zero. You might get a shout out on the show as well.
1: Or you could be just really ugly, and then we'll be like, "Yeah, shout out to Brandon."
0: <laughs> oh God, I, forgot I did that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what is this? Huh? We were talking about Brandon earlier. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah if you're Brandon, <laughs> yeah. you can sorry, just, you're yeah. just
0: that forgettable. Yeah, sorry, Brandon. Love you, Brad. Uh, again, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, we're on YouTube, uh, Audible and Apple. Did you get an Apple? We haven't quite gone there yet. Okay. Uh, I'm waiting for the fucking for it. Steve
2: Jobs, dude.
0: I said we were on a previous episode because I thought I would have gotten a confirmation email. I haven't gotten it yet. Oh weird. But maybe by the time this episode comes out we will be. So I'm just gonna say we're on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so thank you for listening. I'm your host, Connor. And I have my co-host, Jaden, and former guest, Calvin. Thanks for having me back. And thank you for listening to Now This Is Podcasting.